How do you forgive? Forgive family, forgive friends, forgive religious institutions, forgive and perhaps even be reconciled. This practice of Christian love is one of the most dumbfounding, and that's why we collected a few stories of what it looks like. Thanks for listening in. Hi, everyone. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I am Matt Barrios, and today is Thursday, August 27th, and today we're talking all about another important and unique angle on Christian love, forgiving and reconciling. This is part of a larger discussion of virtue that we've been having the last couple Thursdays and the importance of cultivating a virtuous life as followers of Jesus, a life in which we do what's good and virtuous with joy for the glory of God. And that isn't always easy. Brene Brown, in an interview a few years ago, said that in order for forgiveness to really happen, something has to die. Whether it's your expectations of a person, there has to be a death for forgiveness to happen. She goes on to say that for true forgiveness, there has to be blood on the floor, which is a genuine willingness to sacrifice our desire to take vengeance or to resent and just run away from a relationship. This is very true in the life and teachings of Jesus. Jesus himself shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins to reconcile us in relationship to him. And he taught his followers to be similarly forgiving. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Uh, That's quoting Jesus from Matthew 6. For Christians, forgiveness isn't just a pleasant option. It's actually a duty for us to forgive seven times, 70 times, which is to say endlessly. And perhaps Jesus calls us into this way of forgiveness because, as we said before, practicing this virtue leads us to a good and abundant life. You're going to hear two segments on this episode. One is a conversation between me and a friend. Uh, when we had a big falling out and the long slow path of forgiveness and reconciliation, resisting that impulse to just let the friendship go, we we saw the way reconciliation could actually make our friendship stronger. And I'm so thankful uh, that that's how it played out for us. The second is an interview, interview between Jess and Erica on the murkiness of forgiving family and even religious hypocrisy while still holding faithfully to what God says is good. We'll hear that in a short while, but first, here's me and my friend John. All right, John, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about, yeah, I know you and I have been friends for years. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, like our, our friendship began because we went to the same church together uh, down in, in LA area, uh, Rolling Hills Covenant Church. Shout out, love to my old church down there. Shout out to the current church. Yep. <laughs> Where you go <laughs> currently. And um yeah, and uh yeah, you and I we uh yeah, we became friends there and like would spend a lot of time together, like uh making music, doing worship together, uh working out together, all that good stuff. And it got to the point where like we were constantly hanging out. Yeah, like basically every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was like, it was all the time. And, uh, and then, 
I mean, why why we're recording this is because like as good of friends as we were, we had a pretty big falling out for a while. Oh yeah, de- most definitely yeah. And um, yeah, dude. Like so, I remember um, as I remember it, like we uh, we were like hanging out all the time. You helped me get a job, which was really cool of you. And um, and then uh, like for whatever reason technologically whatever it it was like i uh um your your calls or texts or whatever weren't coming through to to my phone and so you like felt like i was just kind of ghosting the friendship like i helped him get this job and then like he's gone you know um yeah yeah, what what was that like for you like what when when that happened what were you like thinking or experiencing or feeling uh yeah so i think when it was happening it's funny because i think i remember it so differently and i thought it was for a different reason why i was so mad oh yeah Um, initially i thought i initially i thought i was mad because i thought you snitched on me to to like i think somebody and i was like wait no that wasn't it It ended up being (laughs) the the exact reason what you said um yeah Yeah. so i mean even with that like the whole snitching the whole um the whole respect and you know kind of thing uh, I just felt like, you know, growing up in a certain place I did, you know, like respect was a huge aspect, um, you know, love, fear, like love and, you know, compassion and respect and understanding wasn't really uh, values that were valued where I grew up in. And yeah, yeah. for context, I grew up like in Hawthorne and Lenox and uh, moved to Carson. And, you know, this yeah. is, you know, this is the, the environment that I was in did, didn't like facilitate, you know, Christ-like um attributes so you know even though i was a christian it those things didn't really carry over until much later into my faith which you know is a sad thing that it had to go down that way to to for me to understand what the what those things really meant and what a friendship really meant to me yeah also what what it meant to to have a friend in um yeah, just like one true friend and not a friend that's based upon fear or or respect or, you know, but yeah. but a friendship that's based on mutual respect and admiration. So, yeah, yeah. it was definitely a lot harder uh, yeah. to come to terms with, you know, like, oh, it was it was it was me. That was the problem. You well, know, that's, dude, al- that's always kind of the hard part. You know, what I mean, you know, it, it was it wasn't just you. That was a problem. You know, it was it was me, too. Like, and I think that part of what made this conflict blow up because you know on on some level it's like a really simple thing you know that happened uh like simple misunderstanding but then you you and i both we kind of dug our heels in and like we each came from our own context backstory you like growing up in a rougher environment than i did where like you gotta be respected and you you are aggressive if you need to and whatever and for me i'm like like no, I, I'm a nice guy. Everybody knows that I'm a good guy. Like you should know that I'm a good guy. And if you don't, then then I'll get pissed at you and I'll like you know call you out, right? And and I remember us like kind of going toe to toe over the uh, yeah, like like yelling at each other over the phone, um, like about this. And we're just like we're just back and forth, man. Do you remember that phone call? Uh- Oh yeah, I remember that dude. I I remember that really well. <laughs> it's funny because I think it's like that's like the day that happened was like one of the most important days of your life. But for me, it was like a Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like it just, <laughs> these things are just like normal occurrences yeah, for man. my uh for my I don't know daily 
environment and for any of you all that are interested i am an enneagram eight and i know a lot of you guys are into that stuff so if that makes you if that's if that sort of triggers your curiosity into what that is even though i don't really uh associate myself with that as much anymore but yeah um yeah the the bottom line is even though matt wasn't uh wasn't disrespecting me i, I took it as disrespect and so although it does take two i was the first one to to really you know take that um to to sort of initiate the fall of our friendship which you know that's for me it's the hardest part is to admit that i'm wrong or to to look at sure. myself and say oh wait no i'm i'm the butt of, i'm the um butt of this joke you know what i mean like i'm the Dude. reason why this happened and you know for a guy, yeah. guy grown up for like me it's like we don't care about that like you know like who cares like that's you know if he wasn't a yeah, real friend yeah. then he wasn't a real friend to begin with but then in reality right, i was like right. wait no he was a real friend it was me that was being you know like idiotic and mm-hmm. um not all there and and taking yeah. something out of context and out of you know miscommunication so um, well yeah, yeah man and and i mean i appreciate how much responsibility you're taking in this and i i also had a major responsibility in this and i think uh you know and it, it is like this kind of like other other form of like ego that I was running with where I was like wait how could you ever think I wouldn't be like a good friend to you like a, there was like no no willingness to believe on some level that I caused an offense and uh and so I like ended up causing further offense by like you know unwillingness to, to budge or anything like that and you know so that that happened and and luckily like our our church like did a fantastic job of like supporting both of us through it i mm-hmm. feel and um yeah yeah and yeah pastor garrick my, my old boss like fantastic man and like he he just like um i know he shepherded me through it i think he shepherded you through it too and yeah, he did and it was like it was like really really uh good good shepherding in helping us like uh you know deal with the the conflict and the fallout and it also opened us up to in, instead of like just cutting and running like how a lot of friends might do when they have a big falling out like opened us up to doing the christ-like thing and uh forgiving and reconciling and um yeah man i i remember like <laughs> kind of in that fallout because it was months it was months of like like after that and i know it was just another tuesday for you but it was a big deal for me because i was holding a massive grudge and that's where i that was my I, I also NFL. think there. I think what made me even more mad was the fact that the church got involved, and that was more like hitting on my stupid ego of like, oh, like you gonna bring like old white fools into this now? Like, you gonna bring it? That, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, so yeah. I see. So you're like a snitch. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, you want to bring yeah. other people? You know what I mean? So I'm like, nah, wait, hold on. That's just, this is actually a good thing because then people, you know, I, mean? I but yeah. I never saw that growing up. You know, what I mean, I never saw some, you know, that being a sort of a resort to. To res- like you know reconciliation or or healing or stuff like that so yeah to me that i took that as offense like oh he snitched he's doing this so now he's trying to get the whole church involved so it's like I- mm. i've never had in quote unquote uh professional beef and this is my first instance of having professional beef so it's like <laughs> yeah. oh wait he's he's you know he's it's like he's going to hr and complaining to me and stuff like that you know what i mean he's going to toby <laughs> and, re- and complaining to me when it's like oh no in reality he's you know he's trying he's he's, he's just doing what you know a real man should do um, yeah so in some weird ways i was cowardly to even think that you know what i mean so hmm. um, yeah when i and, and as quick as i am to get angry i'm so quick to let go and then when i did let go i think i found myself the again the butt of the joke and sort of st- st- 
still prideful to the extent that I was fine not talking to you, but still like lingering in the fact that I lost a good friend. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it to go back to the way it is now or to even grow into the certain friendship that it is now. But yeah, um, yeah I, I, I just sort of let the cards, you know, play out the way they did. And then, you know, sure. I think you got the rest. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, I think like as it played out back then, that was, uh, you know, like five or six years ago or something like that. You know, it, it was it was basically like you and me, like we're still going to church together. And so like we we kind of bury bury the hatchet in some ways and like are cordial, you know, like we'll see each other. We'll we'll be nice, you know, or whatever. But it wasn't the same thing as like us actually being friends and like wanting to hang out together and that sort of stuff, you know? And, and so I remember, um, you know, at one point, like we, we had a meetup and we're just like, Hey, you know, let's let, let's let that go. Let's release that. And I think I even at that point said like, you know, man, like I forgive you. Um, like let's move on and whatever, you know? And, Mm uh, and I, I think, uh, what, what was the issue though, was like how much I was still carrying, uh, unforgiveness, resentment in my heart. Like as much as I like said the magic words, I forgive you or something like that. Right. Yeah. I think like, like, we, like you came up to me or we both like, like, Hey man, like it's all good now. You know what I mean? Like, Hey man, it's all gravy. Hope you're doing well. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we just kind of like, uh, I mean, prior to that we were, we were what we called silent enemies. You know, yeah. no one, no one knew, or if they did know, they they weren't really sure, or you know, whatever to whatever extent. Um, but yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good now. I'm, 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 you know, I'm healed. Cool, sweet. Yeah. So then I just sort of, I, I have already let that let that go, and in, in internally, yeah. so I was like, oh, like the fact that you said that was, you know, like, oh, okay, cool, Whew. okay, this is good. And then we just sort of moved on. We still didn't talk as much. We still weren't super close. Yeah. And I think when we met up for breakfast, I think one, I don't forgot when it was, but yeah, yeah, I think you got the rest on this part. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, so basically like we, God's like doing a big work in me about like, uh, resentment basically and how much I, how easy it is for me to carry a grudge and, um, yeah, not like kind of say forgiveness has happened or whatever but also not not being willing to like go all the way with forgiveness to reconciling a relationship right and and so like we were being cordial and like whatever and still playing music together at church or whatever but like but but the thing that made the difference was actually like man I really love and miss my friend like I I just like wish we could still hang out and like do the stuff that we did. And like, and, and I, like, I, I love John. Like he's, he's my buddy. He's my true friend and I miss him. And, um, and I feel like that was the big motivating thing that, yeah, where, where I called you up and I, and I, uh, I was like, Hey, let's meet up for breakfast. And, and I like in that booth in that random diner in Carson, like you and I talked and, and I had to confess to you, like, Hey man, I, uh, I'm realizing that I haven't forgiven you fully. Like I'm harboring unforgiveness and will you like forgive me for that? You know, like, will you like, like, I'm sorry that I've been withholding from you. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, 
it was a big deal for me, but you were also kind of like, like, oh man, it's all good. You know, like grace was just so easy for you with that. Um, right. But also I was so like dumbfounded because I was like, wait, I, I kind of always viewed you as this person that just is almost like, you know, just like quickly to forgive and quickly to like move on and, or, you know, I mean, especially cause you said it to me prior that when you said it to me, I felt like, Oh, is he trolling me? Like, is he, I, I thought we had this conversation or I thought we yeah, <laughs> went yeah, yeah. through this and then, you know, to, to come to find out like, Oh, even, even some of the best of us, you know, still struggle and still have, yeah. have those things to overcome. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's such a, um, honorable thing to do and, and, and a very brave thing to do you know like it, it took mm. me months to to come to that resol to that conclusion so to to see you do that mm. um yeah and it's funny because even after that we we didn't get really close what drove us closer was the fact that you were leaving and it's funny because yeah. shout out to reality because uh i love y'all but y'all still one of my good friends so but that's good because <laughs> you guys definitely got an asset so that's a good thing and, uh, and i'm really happy for the work he's doing over there in san francisco but i think when you uh when you were when i knew you were moving i think we started talking more yeah and i think you know you gave me a, a parting gift and it's been really cool to to be a part of that and uh and i think we became yeah. better friends the further you were from me and like yeah, we isn't can, that weird it's weird because yeah you're like 400 miles away from me but anytime yeah. we need to talk or any situation or any counseling either and on either side it's yeah yeah it's always nice to to know that i can like turn back and go here yeah you know, I, dude. Can, I can i can be anywhere in the world and you know like i have a home i have like i have a spot dude. to talk about something with someone oh man so it's it's yeah it's been pretty cool man it's been well, just dude, an awesome journey yeah i feel the same way and uh you know, this is the part where like everybody's just gonna listen in on our, like how we're the presidents of each other's fan clubs for a sec. But like, you know, like being friends with you has been such a gift, and I, I really count and credit the fact that we we had a big falling out and we're reconciled. That has led to like some of the greatest strength and sturdiness to our friendship. Where I know, I know we can like go through whatever and like talk through whatever and there's you know and things could fall apart even again and and we'd work it out because we have before you know totally and yeah. um and i think that's like that's such a powerful thing to like discover the resilience uh, of friendship that's available if we like actually reconcile and um yeah dude you're you're a true friend i love you man and like thanks for taking some time to record this because yeah, you know, like you know, you're, you're, you're a great pal. And, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So dude, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, people, if you're listening, uh, forgiveness and grace and compassion are all linked together. So you can't do one without the other. So if you have someone you need to forgive or seek forgiveness or confess to, I think it's, I think it's a proper thing to do. Um, me and Matt's relationship has flourished since then. Um, and it's continued to flourish. I've seen Matt through every, almost every important phase of his life, and I've you know got to see it from uh, from the outside and, and and the inside. So I'm just so super thankful to be a part of that and to see what he's doing in San Francisco, uh, to see mm -hmm. his wife Lindsay, and you know just the marriage that they're building, and you know just all the great work that they're doing. So um, yeah, uh, dude, yeah, thanks Matt for having me, man. It's just yeah, always been a thanks, pleasure. John. So that was John and me. And now Jessica and Erica are here with a story of radical forgiveness of family and uh, even religious hypocrisy. Um, 
even if forgiveness might still include boundaries. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, Erica. I'm sitting down with um, my friend Erica from church, and we are obviously talking about love and radical forgiveness. And Erica has just an amazing story about forgiving what that looks like with family betrayal, as well as forgiving religious hypocrisy while maintaining a standard of what's right. So if that doesn't tee it up to being really, (laughs) uh, really interesting, uh, you guys are in for a treat. So Erica, how about you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, so my name's Erica. Um, I've been at Reality for a good couple of years now, I think six or seven. Um, my story. So I am one of many who grew up in church. Um, my mom's water actually broke at church. So I literally (laughs) grew up at church. Um, my dad became the lead pastor of our church when I was 12. Um, and he remained so until I was about 22. Um, at 22 or yeah, about 21, 22, um, some unfortunate truths came out. Um, my dad um, had been having quite a few affairs um, with people in and out of the church, um, possibly has some other kids. Um, and the way that all of this came out um, was even more unfortunate in that one of the people that he was having an affair with uh, actually was able to get contact information for most of, if not all of the church members mm-hmm. and sent out uh, a letter detailing her relationship with my father, referencing me and my siblings, talking about my mom. Um, And so everybody saw it. Everybody read it. Um, And to say that that caused division within the church would be an understatement. Um, It caused a lot of problems. Um, My dad stepped down, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And it that kind of left my family reeling. My dad was my best friend. Um, I grew up full on daddy's girl. I have his face. People say that I am him just with hair um, on my head, at least because he has hair on his face. (laughs) Um, uh, And so I, yeah, I was closer to him way more, way more close to him than I was to my mother. Um, And so losing him in this way was kind of earth shattering. Um, my dad was my idol. He was what a man was supposed to be. Um, he'd always been there my entire life providing, I thought a good husband from what I could see was an amazing father. Um, I, I wanted to be him when I grew up and as I grew up, people told me how much I was like him. And so at that point it was such, um, it was like an honor. I was so happy to be so much like him. And then when all of this happened, it was like, that then became weaponized against me. And it was like, oh my God, you're so much like your dad. You should be careful. Um, so yeah, it, it, it turned into my mother going into a deep depression. Um, my siblings really struggling. I was in the middle of grad school and ended up moving back to California because of this, um, to be closer to my family. So, um, it has been, it has been rough. I feel like I've lived a Jerry Springer episode, um, (laughs) with, all that has happened and all that has ensued since then. Um, He actually got remarried um, and I found out, my mom found out, we all found out uh, on TV because he proposed to his new wife on television. So I feel um, like this is just an insane movie. Like you said, Jerry Springer episode, like unreal. Every time I tell it, I feel like it almost feels like I'm making it up, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm not making it up. This is, this is literally what happened uh, during this time period of my life. And um, it was, hard yeah it was very 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 hard um and so 
still dealing with the repercussions of that now. Um, my mom still is on medications, but doing much better. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Um, but st- still processing all of it and dealing with court hearings and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been, it feels like never ending. Um, yeah. 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 I, like you said, it just seems so earth shattering, <laughs> like, and you know, such betrayal. That's something that's so deep. I was like, it has to be hard to like, see how God kind of showed up in that. Would you be willing to share just a little bit about how God has led you through this and through those moments? Um, and what, how, you know, what has that process looked like for you? Yeah. Uh, so in the beginning, um, I know I say this, I keep saying this, it was hard. I don't know. I can't think of any other good word to (laughs) express how challenging it really was. But, um, in the beginning, um, I was more angry than anything else. Um, probably still anger is probably my top emotion when Mm -hmm. I, when I think about all of this, um, because you know, my dad, being a pastor, he did marriage counseling for years. Like mm-hmm. he was the one counseling newly married couples. And so for him to do that, to preach every Sunday, to preach every Wednesday during Bible studies, to be at every choir rehearsal at church, like all of these things. And then to do this, I was like, how do you, you know, like, you know, better, you absolutely know better. So it just, it blew my mind. And so for me, that was very confusing because I was like, well, how do you preach all of these things and then live like this. How do you reconcile the two? Am I capable of doing this as well? And so it just, it was very confusing, very off-putting. It kind of, I got really lost in like who, who I was. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out my identity all over again because I identified so much with him. And now it's like, ooh, I, sh- I shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it was hard. And so I got into a very kind of dark hard-hearted place for a while in all mm-hmm. in all honesty um I did not turn from the church surprisingly um because I did th- growing up I have I've always known that the church is the church is your family your church is your home God is where you turn to in all things and so even in this I was like okay nobody else can do anything about this so God what are you gonna do about it yeah. <laughs> because You were literally my only option. I don't know what else to do. So I didn't turn from the church, but I definitely became very angry and just generally bitter Mm -hmm. and just kind of, um, yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. hard hearted towards just life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in the beginning, I did not necessarily feel led by God in any particular Mm way. Um, But as time progressed, um, I started to realized this is something that I needed to address because I just was not talking about it, period. People didn't know what was going on or people knew, had an idea of what was going on, but didn't really know. I wasn't sharing with anybody how I was feeling or what I was going through. So I kept it very much to myself, um, to my detriment. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I got to start dealing with this. And so um, I started seeing a therapist. Um, I started talking about it more just in general. When people asked, how are you? I was honest about how I was. Um, and it has been an interesting process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd love to hear more about that of like how God has kept you motivated. Like if there's some specific things, like obviously this isn't like a, you're going to do A, B and C and woo forgiveness, like that kind of stuff. I wish. It, it, yeah. I wish too. <laughs> and uh, man, I wish that for you too, but I think God has probably played such a significant part in motivating you. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I guess one of the one of the bigger kind of 
aha eye-opening moments for me was um, at a camp that uh, I actually run every summer. I've been a part of for almost 20 years now. Um, that's a whole other story. But <laughs> I was at the summer camp. Um, it was kind of like week, week, maybe not week, but day three of camp. We had our guest speaker in and the topic for that night happened to be forgiveness. Um, and I am not one who is particularly like visually emotional. I might feel things deeply on the inside, but I'm not someone who cries openly or things like that. Mm-hmm. I was boohooing, like oh. snot crying at the end of this message. And I was like, I don't know what came over me, but I just felt this wave of partly conviction over the anger and bitterness that I was arboring for so many years. Mm-hmm. And then partly just this wave of love and care of God being like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Bring all of that to me, all of it. And so that's what I did that night. I, I bawled my eyes out and I cried and I snotted and all of my pastoral staff was like, Eric, we've never seen you like this before. So <laughs> I think we should take this serious. <laughs> and they literally physically surrounded me and prayed for over me for maybe an hour or two. Like it was, it almost mm-hmm. felt like an eternity. Um, and in that moment, the pastor that spoke that night was like, now is when you decide you choose to forgive. Um, mm-hmm. It is something that you have to make a decision to do. It mm-hmm. often will not come naturally. Um, and so it is a, it is a decision that you have to consciously make like, okay, I recognize, um, that my father is still made in Christ's image, mm-hmm. um, that he still is worthy of and deserving of, or well, not on about worthy and deserving of, but, um, he still will receive grace <laughs> and mercy, um, from God, mm-hmm. just like I, um, just like I have. And so, um, I was like, Okay, today I choose to forgive. Today I choose to forgive. Um, and I thought that that was the moment. I thought that was it. I was like, okay, I've made this decision. I, like, I'm ready to make that decision every morning mm-hmm. when I wake up that I love and I forgive my dad, that, um, that, we, can get back, that we can get past this, that mm-hmm. God is a God of reconciliation and healing and that we will move forward and it'll be beautiful. Um, and that lasted maybe like <laughs> uh, two weeks, <laughs> two or three I weeks. love how honest you are. Cause it is, it's important to recognize that forgiveness sometimes is a choice. It's not dismissive. It's not that we earn that. And I think, yeah, I love that you're just real that you're like, yeah, it did last two weeks. Yeah. And then, yeah. Like what happened after and that? And then there, and then like, I was like, you know, our favorite word, our favorite word now is triggered. I was triggered. I was, um, I, got a text from, um, from my dad mm-hmm. <laughs> and it upset me. Um, it was a very casual text where he'd asked if I wanted to go to lunch. And I was like, what do you mean? Do I want to grab lunch? We're, we're not friends. Like mm-hmm. I haven't spoken to you in like five years. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you in five years, maybe six. So what do you mean? Do you want to go to, I was furious yeah. to say the least. I felt disrespected. I felt like he was not in the least bit sorry and did not take what happened seriously. I just felt a lot of things. And so mm-hmm. all of that love and feel good <laughs> that I had experienced at camp out the window, completely out the window. Um, and I felt like I had started, I had to start from scratch all over again. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I went back to therapy and worked through a lot of that anger and resentment again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of been honestly the cycle. Yeah. Over the last couple of years is, you know, it's not a it's not a one and done. It's not a one and done. It's definitely a process that um, you have to stick with. Yeah. Um, And luckily, God has been very present through it all. And as far as what what has been motivating, a lot of things have been motivating. But one of the things that stands out, one of the things that stands out um, (laughs) 
the most that comes to mind right now is actually my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, God has definitely placed him in my life for many reasons. And I think that this is one. Um, Mm -hmm. He is definitely someone who has pushed me out of my comfort zone when it comes to this. And I've needed it. I've needed it. Sometimes we have to invite people in Mm -hmm. um, to these difficult situations and see. And he has definitely been somebody who has. I've invited in and also he kind of shoved his way in at some times yeah. where I was just being stubborn. Isn't that the joy um, of community? Yeah, <laughs> yes. the joy of friendship, the joy of community. Like sometimes they're just there whether you want them to or not. Exactly. And, but in hindsight, you're like, God, you knew. Yeah. You knew that this is what I needed. He to knew. Help. God absolutely knew that this is what I needed to keep me going. Because yeah. there are times where I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know, maybe this just is what it is. Yeah. Maybe I'll never speak to him again. He lives in San Francisco. And I was like, maybe I'll just never see or speak to him again. And it just is what it is. And I'm just going to live my life. And I'll just pretend like everything is fine. It seems so much easier to just, like we say, like cancel people, you Mm -hmm. know? And you're like, that's not what the kingdom of God is going to look like. No, no. And that's (laughs) not what it means to be a follower of Christ at all. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If I claim to be a disciple of Jesus, that is not the attitude that he wants me to take. And so... Um, yeah, so my boyfriend has definitely been one to motivate me and keep me going and challenge me when I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but you need to. Yeah. If all the things that you claim to believe are true, (laughs) um, then you need to keep, you have to keep going. You have to keep pushing. So, yeah, yeah. I love that you're just talking about just the real honest rawness of the process. But what, um, what are something maybe you're learning about radical forgiveness or maybe something that you would love to offer Obviously, you now have hindsight of like just really faithful work with God. Um, Is there any encouragement or just little things that you'd love to share uh, with our church? Yeah. So I guess one. um, I know that's very general. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever comes to your mind. The the first thing that comes to my mind, I guess, would just be be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. um, And in the process of forgiving others, Mm -hmm. give yourself I guess, space to be forgiving for yourself Um, because the process is hard and at times you will want to give up or just not do it anymore. Um, And in those moments, give yourself grace, Mm -hmm. um, understanding that this this is hard. This is actually very challenging. And so um, it's okay to give yourself a moment to feel that, Mm -hmm. feel that, sit with that for a moment, but just don't stay there. Um, And so that's something that I, do all of the time yeah. is recognizing okay i'm now na- i'm mad again mm-hmm. okay let's sit with that for a minute let's write it out let's journal it out um but also understanding okay i i can give myself grace in this i understand that i'm still human i'm going to feel these things and i just have to f- go through them feel them and continue yeah. um so yes be gentle with yourself um through all of this because it's not easy mm-hmm. um the other thing that i think was a little bit more surprising for me um, that I've learned um, is the humility that it takes Mm. throughout this process. Um, Because for a very long time, um, I, well, let me think. So through all of this, I have felt that I am right and that my dad is wrong. Mm. Um, I still feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in that, I also start because I felt that way. I also started to see him as less than and me as better than Hmm. like I'm a better person. I'm a better human being than he is because he did these things. Um, And it took 
a long time for me to come to the realization that I am not better than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, that he is, again, still a person made in the image of Christ who still receives grace, who still receives mercy, who still is loved by God, who is still one of God's children. Um, and that took some humbling on my part to, to like accept that as truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I it's like my favorite word yeah. today. That was really, really hard. Um, yeah. But it was a step that I needed to take yeah. in order to move forward in this process of radical mm-hmm. forgiveness. Because if I couldn't even accept that he was worth it, <laughs> yeah, then it was then it's not going to happen. You know, um, it be, yeah. it was becoming a very much a, a, a me versus him, um, and really that's not that's not what it is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. we. I am not perfect and I've made my own share of poor decisions. And even in that God has still loved me. Mm -hmm. He has still shown up. He has still provided. He still forgives me. He still gives me new mercies every morning, you know, and my God, my dad gets that too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I think that that's something that I've learned for sure. Well, thank you so much, Erica. Thank you for being honest and vulnerable with people you don't even know. (laughs) Um, But I just want you to be blessed for the faithfulness that God has been showing you in his life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope these stories encourage or challenge you into greater places of forgiveness and reconciliation as you follow Jesus. Listen in next Thursday as we continue our exploration of Christian virtue. We will examine the unique connection within Christianity between love and adoption. God bless.